Joining us back on the Thunderdome podcast, John Tokar, the athletic development coordinator for the Regina Thunder. And uh, I noticed here, you and I are having this actual uh, conversation here at level 10. And then I know the guys are heading over to do some laser quest. Are you going to be getting in on those shenanigans, John? Is that Are you going to be uh, in the trenches with Charlie firing off some rounds when you get over to the laser quest? Absolutely. If there's one time that, that an old guy can, can uh, take out his aggression on these guys, it's in a dark laser quest cave. So, yeah. 100% I'll be there. Well, you seem like a guy that would be savvy enough that you pro- you'll probably get the high score of the whole of the whole game. I'm putting my money on you. I appreciate it. Thanks. It's all about focus and aggression. So if they can't see me, they can't stop me, right? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Now, um, before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of sort of what your role is with the team and maybe talk a little bit more specifically about that, um, I guess I'm, I'm really interested to, to, to just kind of find out, maybe to just start right from the very beginning and how you got involved with the program, who kind of brought you into the program, what you were doing at the time. And I'm just interested to see, um, how long have you been here, John? Uh, been here since the off season of 2017. So Scotty first originally brought me on as a linebacker coach. Um, worked with the linebackers for the first little while while I was here and then transitioned into the uh, athletic development coordinator position. What we what we kind of realized and noticed was that we needed to put a, a strong focus on leadership and leadership development within the program. So we really broke it down on, you know, what do, what do we want the Thunder to be known for and what do we really want to accomplish here? And when you peel back all the layers of the onion, um, the big thing with the Thunder is that we want to develop not just great athletes, but we want to develop great human beings and great individuals, right? So we knew that we needed to put a strong emphasis and a strong focus on player development, not just on the field, but also off the field. So if, if I were to say uh, sports psychologist, that would probably not be quite the same because that would be more exclusively dealing with the mental aspects of the game. Whereas you're doing that too, but you're getting involved in everything from leadership to actual, like some of the physical training, like it's, it's a much bigger picture than that with you am i correct yeah absolutely so i run a program called uh the athlete empowerment project and what the athlete empowerment project is it's it's a holistic approach to athlete development right we don't just work on the mental health side of things we don't just work on the physical side of things we work on everything combined so yeah if you were to look at the the psychological side of sport that's part of what i do but then also i do just the well-being side of sport nutrition side of sport focus leadership all those types of things so it's more of a holistic approach not just centered on strictly mental health or, or mental focus for an athlete you know, you know it's, it dawned on me as i was driving here i remember this i'm an, I'm an older guy i'm older than you quite by quite a bit actually but i remember the 1989 gray cup where where uh it was it was talked about a lot back in the day where the saskatchewan rough riders identified that they had much better players than what their record was at about the halfway point in the season and they hired a guy by the name of Gary Greger, who wasn't as knee deep in it as you, granted. But he was involved in the more mental side of things and kind of getting guys to kind of pull together as a team and actually believe in themselves. And to make a long story short, and there will be those from my generation that actually remember this. They had this thing with they had the tape on the finger where it was a reminder that every single play we play for each other, on and on it goes. And they ended up winning the Grey Cup that year. And I remember even some of the like the Ray Algards and some of the players that admittedly in the beginning really weren't buying into it, 
they admitted at the end that it absolutely was the difference between winning and losing and, and getting to that level. Because if they hadn't have brought everybody together and everybody sort of focused on a single goal as a team instead of individuals, that never would have happened. So I can even draw from back in 1989, I mean, how far back we go in here, 34 years, that it works. Um, have you yourself seen situations over the years, whether it be here or maybe here's an example, but you've seen it where it absolutely positively, definitively works and you can attribute, hey, this program was turned around because of just something as simple as just buying in. Yeah, you know what? Absolutely. I could talk. I don't know how long this this interview goes for. I could talk, talk for hours. I could talk, talk for hours about, about I'm fascinated that. by this. Yeah, um, you know there are a lot of examples, and you don't have to look too far for examples uh, on how the culture of a program can be their driving force and the and the factor between success and and a non successful season. Um, a great one that comes to mind is is I believe it's the 2004 Boston Red Sox. You look at them halfway through the year. Uh, I think it was the all-star break. They, they, were, they were absolutely terrible. Written off. Everyone thought. They were actually, I think they, they had a nickname. They were like the the misfits of the league or something. Like they were absolutely to- terrible. Something clicked at one point in the season. And some say that it was they got into a bench brawl and, with, and Jason Veritek, their captain, started it. And after that, it was like a steady progression of guys were making plays that they never used to make. Guys were hitting the ball that they never used to make. Guys were scoring runs that never used to come in. And, you know, when you look at it, and then they ended up going on and, you know, beating the the curse of the Bambino that year. And they ended up winning the World Series. That was the season, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So they were up. You know, or they, they so and it's they have a movie about it. You know, like how they were down three nothing to the New York Yankees, bottom of the ninth, literally one. I think it was one out to go, and they rallied back and they ended up winning that series. And then they went on to win the next series and won the World Championship that year. There's that example. You look at the St. Louis Blues when they won the Stanley Cup just a few years back. Also, same thing. They were written off. Nobody thought that they were any good. They were not going to win. You know, they were not going to make the playoffs, let alone win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. During their all-star break, the players decided, you know what, let's not go home. Let's let's hang out as a team and get together. They went out to the bar one night, and someone was playing the song um, Gloria. Gloria. And, and they just said, keep playing Gloria, keep playing Gloria. And if you know that story, they said like it was that night out with the guys, that, and they played Gloria, that brought them all together. And when they ended up winning the Stanley Cup... Again, they weren't meant to win anything. They ended up winning the Stanley Cup. Inside their their Stanley Cup rings is engraved Gloria. So it's the small things like that that can really bring a team together. And every championship team you look at, the interviews that they talk about after, they talk about culture. They say the word, we just clicked out there. We gelled out there. We did something. Something to bring them together. And at the end of the day, it's it's that little something that makes the guys play for one another that's going to be the difference between success and, and a non-successful season. Three Saskatchewan kids on that team. Yes. Bozak, Schwartz, and uh, what's the, uh, uh, Shen. Yeah, yeah. Three Saskatchewan kids on that on that St. Louis team. And uh, they all talk about that glory of that whole and their, thing. Their, their tender also was what his name. Um, uh, it's, I'm blanking right now. But uh, Bennington. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I believe he was from Seattle. Yeah. I remember when I remember at the Ryder game when it was really, really cool. Um, those three guys came walking out with the, the Stanley Cup and uh the crowd was going crazy. 
uh, even though I don't know how many St. Louis Blues fans are actually at Mosaic Stadium watching, you know, the halftime show, but the fact that there were three Saskatchewan kids, they were the three that were there. And um, then they took the peeled the Blues jerseys off and the Ryder jerseys were on yeah. underneath. It was pretty cool. Yeah, no, for sure. um, yeah I'll, I'll leave you with this. Um, when I think about the Regina Thunder John, and I think about how far this organization has come here in the last couple of years. Guys have talked about you need to kind of get to the next level before you can get to the next level before you can get to the next level. But I feel like this year they're ready to win everything, right? Um, do you get that feeling that they're kind of in, they're in this position right now where it's like they had a tough loss in the national championship last year, but this year... Now that they've been there, they know how to kick the door down. Is that something you guys talk about a lot? Yeah, you know, we, we always say we want to take it one game at a time, one practice at a time, and one week at a time, everything, right? Um, but you know, you got to give credit to the teams across this league, too. If it wasn't for the Saskatoon Hilltops being the Saskatoon Hilltops, we wouldn't have had that, that, um, that championship to strive for. Right, those are great football teams. the The Winnipeg Rifles play great against us. The Edmonton Huskies play great against us. So we give credit to the teams across this league for making it. us better. Exactly right. Yeah. And so now we give credit to to the Okanagan Sun. They we were there with them yes last year, and they they made us play at our best. Now our goal is to play even better. Right. So we want to get to those games so that we can continue to play better. Right. Great teams across this country, great football across this country. If it wasn't for those great football teams, well, we wouldn't have anything to strive for. And when you mentioned, are the guys at the point where they want to win? Absolutely. We've been there. We've won the PFC. We're the defending champions of the PFC. So now what do we want to do? We do want to get back there, of course. But again, we want to concentrate on the fact that, hey, we've played the best. We've had the opportunity to grow and develop. And so now the, the thirst is there. We know that we can be there. We know we can be the benchmark of the CJFL. And again, going up against the tough teams is what makes us a, a great team that can compete at those high levels. So, yeah, we want to be there. We know that we can be there. And the guys have, you know, they got blood in their mouth, so they want to go. John, you got to get off to, you got to get out there and play some laser tag. I'm holding you up. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. You betcha. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.